Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this at the very beginning of February 2024. And welcome to episode 128, A Conversation with Sunil Singh. Now, again, somebody who I have wanted to have on the show for a long time. Yes. <laughs> this was amazing. I, I think we might have to, to forewarn everybody that uh, because of your daughter's dance schedule and your job and my job, we may... Yes. Or may not have as many guests on for the next few months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's it might be... just be a, a quick, very quick episodes with just you and me, Karina, right? Yeah. I think it, it, it might end up being that way just because it is looking pretty crazy in these next few months. I have, it's just, it's just insane. It, it's all, and I'll share, it's almost every other weekend there's a dance competition. So I am uh, excited because I love to watch her perform, yes. but I am also kind of nervous as to how I'm going to manage that because it is exhausting <laughs> to be to be dance mom on the weekend, you know, it takes up a lot of time and energy and then you're not doing other things like laundry. <laughs> right. So, um, so, uh, yes, excited, but, uh, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to manage with all of the regular stuff. And then on top of that podcasting. So and it might we be... don't want to stop, but right. It, it just might be the two of us again for a while. Yes. Yes. And, um, also, listeners, I think we're going to take a spring break from our book club. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Just again, as because of the reasons we just mentioned, uh, it's I, I can't commit to weekends no. right now. So, no. um, yeah, I know. <laughs> listen, I think people are just still going to be happy that they're going to listen to us. Yes. You know, yes, we will. It, we will. Uh, yes. Yes. We it, will do our best to. Yes. To Well, do our best. <laughs> we'll Period. Our, <laughs> exclamation. Point. I don't know what that looks like. Laura doesn't know what that looks like, but we are going to just we're just going to keep trying and and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, first I want to give a shout out to our friend Courtney. Um, at, on Twitter, she's at CFLESS, and she did a little, what's the word? Tweet. Yeah. X? No. Tweet. Post. We're going to call it, it a post. Yeah, a post on Twitter about our podcast with Mandy. And she said, yeah. At Mandy Math Ed is so lovely at sharing what she has learned while also noting how much she loves still learning in this episode. Mm -hmm. I included some tidbits from this podcast while planning for an upcoming PD this afternoon. 
Thanks, Thank Mandy you. and at Laura and Karina for such a great episode. That's awesome. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. <sighs> and and she's so right. I mean, it was awesome. It was such a great episode. Yeah, Mandy was so, so sweet with her compliments of us, too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just was like, what? Um, but yeah, she's just, I, I just loved everything. Like, so many times I was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Yeah, we've been, you know, we've been really blessed with like all the people we've had on the on the the season. It's just I know. I, you know, we said this about Peter. We could just listen to him speak all day, but I could listen to all of these people speak all day. I could yep. sit with Mandy all day and hear her talk about math and math instruction and her beliefs and her, you know, what she's her experiences. And same with Sunil. I mean, we even said in the episode, I think, at the end that we said we need to have him on again because yeah. there's so much haven't discovered so so i wonder how how we're going to name these then just if it's a conversation with you and i again and again and again and again but we'll we'll figure that out we'll figure it out (laughs) and and maybe we can squeeze a guest in here or there maybe we'll yeah we'll see what happens uh my reflection is very short for this week i'm tired Yeah. Yeah. And January was a long month. I don't know what happened in January because, (laughs) but, and what made it so long, but, and this week, let me tell you, this week was the longest of my life. I think it was such a long week. I think we we all have weeks like that, and oh. that just goes to show, you know. Listen, it's Gretchen Ruby, and I'm sure that says this: that the days are long, but the years are short, and it yes. is so true. It is it, so it true is. about everything in life. It is, and we just go back to what Peter says about flow. Like when those days are so long, it's we're not in flow, right? That's and true. what's that word? And I I don't know what it is. Somebody somebody reach out to me. What's that? And I think it's Japanese. That word that means, you know, the time time flies when you're having fun, basically. Like yeah. you don't notice the time going because you're in such the zone. So somebody tell me what that what that one is. Do you have uh, good news for this past week or maybe up and I mean- coming? Just that, just that I made it through the, let's just keep it at, I made it through this long week. I mean, let me just be happy about that. When yeah. Wednesday feels like for Saturday should be, I like it's a problem. So I just, I made it through. It's okay. It's all good. Okay. And we, news. we did say last week that we were going to ask baby girl to come on. And yes. um, so listeners, here's a, a extra special guest right now. Hi, baby girl. Hi. You can just talk right in there, okay? Uh, I have a question for you. Yes. Yeah? Okay. (laughs) How was it having your mom as your teacher for three days? Amazing. What was so amazing about it? Her being my teacher. I'm putting you on the spot, right? Okay, what? Her being my teacher. Okay, what made it so amazing for her to be your teacher? Like, what did she do that made it so amazing? I don't know. 
You don't know. You just liked having mom there. Did she do something fun in math on the last day? Yeah. Can you tell, what, what did tell she everybody do? about that? Um, we did fractions on number lines, and the number line was string. So we had to place the fra- fractions on the string in order. Okay. What did you like Do you remember where they – was it just that it was different than what you yeah. normally do? Yeah. Do you normally just sit in your desk and learn math? You have to say yes because yes. they can't see you and we're not recording a video. <laughs> right. Okay. And do you ever get to get, get up and moving in your class for math? No. Ever? No. Do you ever get to use manipulatives in your math class? Like maybe the fraction bars or the base 10 blocks or you're looking at me like I have five no. heads because you have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. No manipulatives. Like tools no. to help you learn. Okay. No. Interesting. Okay. Would you like to, you think? Yeah. Do you feel like what we did was helpful? Like when I was yeah. there? Why was it helpful? Because I could actually see what I'm doing. Hmm. Was it just unit fractions, like one-third, one-fourth, one-fifth, or was it like three-fourths, like multiple fractions, not just the unit fraction. Multiple fractions. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Well, we told our listeners that uh, we were going to try to have you on this episode so you could tell us how it was having your mom as your teacher. So thanks for coming on. Do you want to give any, any last final thoughts? I don't know what to say it's okay you did no great problem. yes thank you thank for you for your us. time oh baby girl <laughs> i'm so happy she was able to come on and say it it's hard she when was, you're what is she 10 yeah she just turned 10 yeah so yeah. She, i think she was a little nervous she didn't really know what and we put her on the spot we didn't totally. we didn't even like tell her what we what we were doing we just started we're like okay here we go we're recording like, come here, sit down. Laura wants to ask you something. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Maybe we can just interview my kids. It could just be <laughs> different perspectives. I We needed to tell people that we recorded this uh, conversation with Sunil at the beginning of January 2024. And we forgot to mention that with Peter, too. We recorded <laughs> Peter's ep- episode at the very beginning of January 2024. So now here's our conversation with Sunil Singh. Sunil, thank you so much for coming on. We are so excited to have you. We've been trying to uh, get you on for a few times, and we finally made it work. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much uh, for inviting me on. And yes, I know we had some issues and there's always issues and sometimes times or technology and stuff so uh i'm, I'm very excited to be here and i i can't wait i don't even i don't even know what we're going to talk about so i'm excited <laughs> that's those are the best conversations aren't they? right aren't they? Yes. i have no idea but yeah <laughs> you know karina and i decided to start this podcast because we used to just sit in my car and talk 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 or go to my dining room table or my couch and talk, 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 talk. And we were like, we should just record our conversations. And it's true. It's like 
whatever whatever we talk about yeah. is what we're meant to talk about. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So for those of uh, our listeners that yeah. maybe don't know who you are, Sunil, would you tell our listeners all about you? You can go back as far as you want. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I'll go back to, I guess, 10 years ago or just over 10 years ago. Um, it's, I mean, it's not a, it's not a, great beginning, um, but I, I actually quit teaching in 2013 uh, after teaching, you know, for 13 years, and nobody starts off as a teacher thinking one day they're going to quit. Like, that's mm -hmm. just not how it works. And uh, don't get me wrong, I mean, I loved my students, and um, that part I still miss, but uh, the reason I quit, which is kind of related to, you know, why I'm even here today, but we'll get to that is that um, I just didn't like the math that we were, we were doing. Like, I, I know that sounds like such a, really? Like, well, there's a lot, I mean, yeah, it, for me, I just I just was not enthralled or enthusiastic about this, the mathematics that I was forced, I mean, I can use that word, forced to teach. I mean, every teacher is forced to teach a certain curriculum. And, I, and you know, in, in Ontario, we get paid well as a teacher. I mean, I was... I was getting paid really well, but something inside of me just snapped and I said, I can't do this uh, for right the next 10 years or how many years I have left in teaching. And I quit. And uh, I then uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to do that anymore. I knew I didn't want to do that mm. anymore. And um, so eventually I, I, I came up with an idea of starting my own math store school. Um, and I found this place uh, just north of Toronto, a nice historic village. Uh, 5,000 square feet, main floor of a building right beside this confectionery. It's beautiful. It's idyllic. If you Google the pictures, it's, it's especially summertime, holiday time. It's always a beautiful. It's like, couldn't believe I found this. And um, yeah, the front part was going to be a math store, you know, selling like, you know, games, puzzles, books, all these things. And the middle section would be a lounge and the back would be like three or four classes and have math circles and things like that. Um, uh, two weeks for grand opening, there was a fire. Um, <gasps> I, I can say this. I mean, I know I, I heard both of you sort of gasp. I mean, I've told this story, I don't know, dozens of times or written about it. It's inspired me to write, start writing. So if I seem nonplussed about it, it's because I've said it so many times. But sure right. enough, two weeks before grand opening, uh, there was a fire. And the first time there was a fire in the building, since it was built in 1871, um, you know, that year should be, uh, you know, that was a great Chicago fire with some, some sort of, you know, historical irony connection there. Um, and I actually stood across from the street as the firefighters were trying to, you know, put it out. Um, so, and that was a long, like, a, with a frustrated lease. And a, I mean, I, I basically lost everything. I lost everything. I lost, uh, I mean, I just, I'd quit teaching two years earlier and now this fire. And, um, but it became a really important inflection point because most people have stories of hard beginnings. I have a story of a hard middle. And, um, mm. but I was strangely, like, weirdly still happy. And that's because all the, the mathematics that curated uh, over the two-year period, um, like, I was still, like, that was still in my head. And, so then I was thinking, okay, let me export these ideas to schools. And 
And then, uh, you know, I, I started writing and uh, the first book, Pie of Life, The Hidden Happiness of Mathematics, is really born out of the ashes of that fire, literally, like in terms of that. And then I wrote uh, two more books, uh, Math Recess, Chasing Rabbits, uh, which came out in 2021. Um, and now I speak and literally travel <laughs> now, so especially in 2024, all over the world, um, talking about the mathematics that led me to quit teaching over 10 years ago. Mm. We, and what grade we, did you teach? Yeah, I taught. Um, I taught everywhere. I taught mostly in Toronto, um, but I taught one year at International Baccalaureate School in Switzerland, um, uh, and I've taught five years in probably the most disadvantaged socioeconomic school in Toronto, um, and I left probably one of the best schools in Toronto to go there. And a lot of my colleagues were thinking, like, what are you doing? Like, this is one of the best schools. I go, I know. That's why I'm leaving it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be a lifer here. Uh, the, my principal of the school, she's amazing. She went to school here. I go, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be a person who spends their entire career in an amazing school, gets a gold watch, and then that's it. I go, so I went down to the street where, like, a school which nobody ever wants to go teach they end up teaching there through you know uh job shortages and you know all that kind of stuff um and that was a that, that was a turning point that was a massive turning point in terms of uh teaching kids who wore the same clothes every day kids mm -hmm. who don't know if they had a a meal or yeah. things mm -hmm. like that and so if i didn't have that experience i'm not sure if I could actually speak to the breadth of the, the mathematics I speak to, because, you know, where I am in 2024, uh, if, you, if you think of it as a Venn diagram, I've made a visual of this. Um, there's these three circles. I'm not, and I'm, I'm, I want to be right in the intersection of the three. And the first one is like the highest quality mathematics, highest quality. And the second circle is uh, for the highest purposes. Like, it's not just forget a job or steam. I mean, that's great, but prior to formal education, everyone who studied mathematics did it for their own internal purposes. And then the third one is for our most marginalized students. Mm -hmm. That's where I want to be. I'm not interested in delivering high quality mathematics to, you know, you know, uh, private school, magnet schools. I mean, that's great. They do. They, all, all those uh, teachers and students already get the, have great resources. And, you know, that's why I've made a point um, early on that whenever possible, um, you know, I, I want to go and go to those places. I mean, I, before my keynote uh, in San Jose last year, and I spent a whole day in a juvenile detention center. I, I volunteered to do that. I mean, it's it's kind of like, if you're going to talk about equity, you got to walk the walk. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, not sorry, for sure. So was it high school level that you taught? High school. Yeah, yeah. It was all high school. And then just through like uh, writing and just my own interest. Eventually it, I started connecting it all the way from kindergarten. In fact, you know, nobody starts math in grade four or five. We all start in kindergarten. So that became my interest in terms of a what what is our starting point. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, kids already come in with so many great ideas about mathematics and we just wipe the slate clean. We start from scratch. Mm -hmm. We think they don't... Like they, they, they could, they, they probably have the most amazing questions. Like, I mean, I remember my son when he was, both my kids hate math now, we can talk about that later, but when they were young, 
I mean, I remember he asked me a question. There's this thing as negative infinity. Like that came out very spontaneously quite early on because I was always talking about infinity. And of course, there's negative infinity. I mean, I, I said yes. And then, you know, he didn't know about negative numbers, but that became the portal of now talking more uh, uh, about negative numbers, how they're connected to uh, positive numbers. And, you know, that's since, we, since we're there with that question, I mean, that's our first uh, mistake that we make is that we yeah. separate negative numbers from positive numbers and zero and we put them in middle school and then they become pathological because now kids going, Ooh, we're going to learn negative numbers. I mean, I mean, really, if you ask, you know, uh, five or six year old to subtract one and then one subtract two, give them a week, they could probably come up with a convention that illustrates what one subtract two means. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But we don't have, but we don't have that patience. We don't install that, and that's why, you know, that first phase of K to three, the elementary phase. We just our intentions are good, but really, it's a stage of romance. And this is not me, like just sort of, you know, uh, this is actual uh, pedagogy from over a hundred years ago, Alfred North Whitehead who was a mathematician, educator, philosopher, you know, writer. And in his book, Aims of Education, 1929, he talked about the three stages of learning, romance, uh, precision, and, and generalization. And the last two are done very well, because generalization lines up with adulthood and high school, and precision is middle school, of course. You want to dot your I's, cross your T's, and make sure kids know their facts and fluency. Absolutely, 100%. But where we destroy it all is that we, we download precision one more time in elementary, and that's not necessary. Um, we just want that. Think about anything that either of you two completely love. You had a period of romance, whether it was math, mm -hmm. whether it was reading, writing, cooking, whatever it is, you didn't, you, you just had this period where you were, you know, you fell in love with it without knowing all the details. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, I don't even know what the original question was, but this goes back to my thought. <laughs> I have no idea what we're going to talk about. That, that's where we're <laughs> uh, This is fantastic. So I, I do have a couple of, yeah. of specific questions for you, but um, I just want to let you know, I met, I, I read Math Recess. I read Chasing Rabbits. I have not read, read Pie of Life yet, but after I read um, Chasing Rabbits, I sent you a, a, a text and I said, I want to be honest with you. I'm not sure how I feel about the book yet. I started it yesterday morning, read about page, to page 83. And this was it for Chasing Rabbits and finished it. You referenced so many things that I don't know about. And I know I won't have the time in this lifetime to explore all of them. So I guess I'm happy that I learned some things and mad that I won't be able to learn some things. How's that for a critique? No, that, that, <laughs> right. Um, I, I think, I think that is actually a perfect critique because uh, it also lines up with uh, a blog I wrote about fluency. Uh, it, it's, I mean, you know, okay. So if we talk about fluency and I, this goes back to Laura, your, your sort of uh, review of the book about mad about not knowing everything. Um, I'm not mad. I mean, in fact, it excites me the fact that, you know, one day I'm going to leave this earth and not know all the mathematics. That's because that means you're constantly in transit. You're not 
satisfied you're still like um you're still sort of you know percolating or or, or coming to a rolling boil if we're going to use a sort of a, a food metaphor or something like that but like if someone's we talk about fluency all the time but I, you know and the first thing i wrote in the blog i'm not i'm not i'm not fluent in mathematics because if we look think of mathematics as a language and we call it a universal language a language of the universe who knows the, the universe of mathematics i know about 0.001 percent I, I, you know, probably even less mathematics. Now, in the K to 12 domain, fine, is that what we're talking about? But, but if we're going to be honest, and I think this actually sets us up to be better um, learners and appreciator, uh, to appreciate mathematics, when we are aware of how much we don't know. Like, that, mm -hmm. that is the most amazing feeling. I didn't have that feeling when I was a teacher. I thought, okay, you know what? This looks like it. Yeah, there's university math and all that, but even in the K to 12 space. Oh my, like there's so much math. Like, I'm, like I'll give you a perfect example. Perfect example, real time. Uh, how much time do we have, by the way? I didn't even ask. <laughs> however long we want. Okay, yeah, so, however so long we want. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of this because uh, I only came across it recently, um, uh, about maybe three months ago, because always every day I'm just, I wouldn't say every day, but two or three times a week, there's a new math idea or something that interests me, which I didn't know. I, I just absorb in and you know add on. And this one fascinated me. And it was um, about uh, 70 being a weird number. Like uh, uh, it's actually called a weird number. And I and I and I you know I love number theory, and I'd never come across the idea of what weird numbers are. And 70 is one of them. And the next one's 836. Now, I actually did this activity with teachers. And what I, what I mean I did this activity, sure, they could have Googled it, and there it is. There's a definition, dot, 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 we're done. That's not mathematics. And because you want to do mathematics, you have to start from scratch. The best food, best baking comes from scratch. So what does scratch mean? Well, 70 is a weird number. Put away your phones. Try to think of why 70 could be weird. And uh, because, you know, the... the Everything that students learn, everything we learn, at some point in the history of mathematics was not known or poorly understood. Mm -hmm. We don't allow the right amount of time. We're never going to have the right amount of time because school is just so packed. But we actually distort how much time we need to think about mathematics. So 70, a weird number, you know, I first said, okay, how about you just think of all the math facts, you know, multiplication facts. And let's think about all the fluency which is going to be braided when we come out with what why 70 is a weird number. So the teachers are working in all their multiplication facts. I'm writing. I'm like, prime, let's go to prime factorization. Two times five. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did it. We did not know exactly all the places they're going to. And I said, I only uh, to sort of because I didn't have I I'd had a whole day, but at other activities. And I said, okay, just for uh, because I I want to give you time, but I also want to you know if I gave you all the time in the world and no phone, you would not know why 70 is a weird number even by the end of the day. And don't feel bad about that because that's how long it probably would take. We just right. have never put the proper time. It takes a lot of time. It took 352 years for Fermat's last theorem to be proven by Andrew Wallace in 1993. Like, come on. Anyways, so I wrote all the multiplication facts for 70 on the board, you know, 1 times 70, 35 times 2, 7 times 10, 5 times 14. I go, this is a good start. We're heading in the right direction. 
but there's no weirdness popping out. Even though we're heading in the right direction, there's no weirdness popping out. So, you know, kids would know their math facts, their multiplication facts, like especially like 14 times five. That's one of the ones that they just, because it's in the 14 times table, it's nothing that really pops up as clear. So I go, okay, well, how about we then just start putting the 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 proper divisors, which means not, not including seven, let's put them in order. And so we did that, you know, one, two, uh, five, seven, 10, 14, 35. Don't include 70 for this definition. And I go, okay, here we go. Weird, we're about 70% uh, of the way finding what 70 is weird. And they all got these blind faces because there's, it doesn't seem like it's gonna, nothing weird can come out of here. Like weird is a pretty cool word. Right. Weird, right? <laughs> like it's, it's a cool word. And why isn't 68 weird? Why isn't 84 weird? Next yeah. number. So, this is, so there's curiosity now. Okay, I go, okay, fine. How about let me, uh, let's do this again with another number 12. Like, okay, let's do the same thing. And so we put all the proper divisors of 12 uh, in order. One, two, three, four, six, not including 12. I think I put, I did 18 and 24 too. I said, okay, I'm going to now let you just, I can't give you any more because now I'll lead you on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a law, there's a, I mean, it was like 10, 15 minutes. They just kept staring. And that's okay because that, that, this is, again, we, teachers are not used to doing mathematics in a really like uh, a state of like, where, which, which way do I go? Mm -hmm. Well, that's how mathematics, the thematic development of occurred. There was no instructions or guideposts, only what was known previously were, you know, everyone was on their own, you know, trying to figure stuff out, which is fine. Anyways, eventually I said, how about we add up the numbers and uh, the proper divisors of 70? And we did. We added them all up and it gave you 74. I said, do the same thing with 12. And for 12, you add up one, two, three, four, six. I think you get 15. And I think we had 18 and 24. And I said, what do you notice? And um, so they, I think somebody did say that the number that we added um, was bigger than the number we were investigating. I go, exactly. That's called an abundant number. But there's no weirdness yet. And we're really close. And then I just erased, uh, I think I might have erased 18 and 24. I just want to focus on it. 12 and because both 12 and 70 are abundant. But I said, you can build 12 with its set of proper divisors. Six plus four plus two is 12. You can't make 70 with one, two, five, seven, 10, wow. 14. Huh. I've been writing it out as you've been talking. Right. So. <laughs> now, th now think about this, like think of all the fluencies which are graded in here. Yes. Like in terms mm -hmm. of we're actually dealing with a branch of mathematics called number theory. Uh, kids are learning the multiplication facts. They're, you know, like they're going to now know five times 14 is 70. That's locked in. Um, they're, of course, they're adding, they're, they're comparing in terms of 70 and 74. And they're seeing that's also 15 and 12. And uh, those are called the bottom numbers. I can see that. And then kids are going to go, are there any more weird numbers? And you can play, mm -hmm. you can play dumb and go, I don't know. And now the kids can be testing numbers for weirdness. And, uh, you know, if you put away their phones or something like that. So, and then the whole point is if some, someone investigates weird numbers, just like me on 
almost any other day during the week, they're going to find something else. Wow. Yeah. That's the, that's the whole MO. The MO is, and I got this from um, my mentor, Peter Harrison, who I referenced in uh, Chasing Rabbits. Um, he used to put out these super hard problem sets. And uh, I taught with him for uh, three and a half years. And he'd put out these super hard problem sets. And um, he said, you can ask anybody for help. You can ask teachers in the school. You can ask, you know, uh, college professors, older sisters, brothers. I can ask anybody you want. You just can't ask uh, me, which, Peter. Um, and his 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 goal wasn't to have these problem sets come back with correct answers. He couldn't care about. Couldn't care less about mm -hmm. that. What he wanted to do was extend the radius of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, yep. That was like uh, over twenty years ago. Like that's how you like you know. I don't like I said I didn't, I, I didn't talk about Peter Harris my mentor but I, I I'm not even a quarter of the the educator or uh, math teacher mathematician w without him like he was he was brilliant in terms of what he how he taught students his kindness compassion everything um, yeah I mean I'll just tell you a quick story because this is it's also it definitely has affected me as an educator. I invited him in when um, he had retired uh, to come to my grade 11 class uh, while I was still teaching uh, at the school I eventually quit at. And, uh, you know, all my grade 11 classes, uh, and some other grade 11 classes, the principal was there, the, the director of the Board of Education who I had a relationship with, he came in, he wanted to see the mathematics that uh, I was doing or inviting in. And uh, it was, a, I mean, it was an amazing lesson. I mean, Peter was brilliant in terms of, uh, you know, uh, this uh, question which, which started getting close to calculus without actually mentioning calculus to these kids. But what, there was an incident in the beginning where some kid threw a paper airplane, was being disruptive, got kicked out. And um, after the 90-minute presentation, of course, kids and teachers are talking to Peter. 20 minutes later, I wait for Peter outside. First thing, first thing he says to me, I felt sorry for the kid who threw the paper airplane. Imagine being in that room and feeling like that and having to do that. How many educators do you know? Zero would yeah. talk about the kid who caused the problem and not the 90 minutes of all the adoration and the wonderful math. That was Peter Harrison. Oh, my gosh. You know, right. one of my questions was, who is the most influential oh. mathematician to you? I guess. That's him. Peter. That's Peter. him. P Peter was, in terms of mathematics that I came across, um, the, uh, just the, just the, I don't know, I, I, I saw him teach, but I mean, he just, every single student, whether they were struggling or whether they're going on to, you know, a great career in engineering or math. You couldn't tell the dirt. He talked to them the exact same way. Mm. There was he just had that gift, and I saw it. Like he had that. He could just yes, the kids were struggling, coming for extra help, but he didn't, um, you know, uh, stereotype the conversations. Like he'd still ask those kids about, hey, how was your weekend, and you know, how are things, and all that. He'd laugh with them. He could separate the the mathematics from the actual larger picture of the whole person being student. And uh, and he was so humble. Of course, he was humble. He was when he when he retired, he had the shortest speech, and he's talked about his former teacher and 
That was it. Th this guy, this he wrote some of the best math books in uh, Canada. He he was a giant, but he was so humble and. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's that's. I mean, that's that's the influence. That's the that's that's the person who probably uh, probably did influence me the most. Wow. wow. Okay, so in our um, text exchange, in which yeah. was. 2021 believe it or not when we started texting back and yeah. forth you had said that chasing rabbits was your third and final book <laughs> well, yeah you're laughing we're okay so it, it oh, oh, i feel I like mean, um who's the guy uh monty or what what's the guy's oh, monty, name yeah yeah i yeah, know i know what you're sure. and he's like you i've determined that's a lie you know yeah yeah <laughs> well I mean, I, I, no, honestly, like in terms of, I didn't want to, like, I mean, what else can there be after the subtitle, you know, a lifetime of mathematical wellness, like wellness, mm -hmm. like that's it, I'm done. I, I have nothing else to say. And I, and I actually truly meant that. Um, now I also didn't realize I had a music book in me, uh, which will come out later this year, which has taken me two and a half, three years to write. But the math one that, you know, I've shared on, Facebook and social media, that one is the one which I never would have expected, but makes sense because I'm co-writing it with a young girl. And that, and if you look at Chasing Rabbits in which the, the girl in the front page is a silhouette, it kind of, as my sister, she's the one who made this connection. Well, the silhouette has come to life. It's an actual mm -hmm. person now. And so that 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 that's such a long story, of that got all started. This um, uh, Amaret Lion, who's the person I'm co-writing with, she's a eight-year-old girl. She's currently in India right now. She's traveling. She moved back to Italy, but her father reached out to me on LinkedIn, August fifteenth. Hey, would you be interested in you know maybe doing a math camp in Sardinia? And you know one thing led to another. Uh, five months later, he I communicate with him on a daily basis through WhatsApp. And um, he asked me, would you like to, you know, work with our daughter? She's homeschooled. Um, I said, sure. I don't know. Absolutely. And then I realized, okay, well, I, I can do this indefinitely. I've never worked with somebody so young. I have no problem doing this, like, for more than whatever. And then then after a couple of weeks after that, I suggested to Atticus, how about we both keep journals? I'll keep a journal and Amra will keep a journal. And every day we'll write the days that we meet, whatever we want. Everything goes in it. She puts the names of her stuffed animals in there. Everything goes in. Okay, we, Everything goes in. The math, we do everything. Um, and then about a week after that, I suggested it. I go, Atticus, I didn't think I was going to write another math book, but I think there's a math <laughs> book here. And what makes this unique is it's going to be co-authored. This is not my telling of the story. This is both this is more about her her journey uh at this age and probably next year or so her mathematical ability her writing ability that's going to be the unique part in terms of her reflections and it's already been amazing like it's it's uh, the way that she's thought about negative numbers and you know and uh, it's just it's just and we've put we've written everything down so uh, it'll be a compilation of, you know, I don't know how many days we'll meet, but probably, several, you know, over a hundred or so before we start writing. And um, that's, it's it's really what it, going full circle, 
she's in the romance phase. There is no agenda mm -hmm. um, other than we talk about math or or we talk about something else related to it um, because their kids are free thinkers. The, you know, she's not, we have topics we're going to get to, but it's really more in a spherical look around the world and, you know, and sometimes like, it's, and it's strange. Well, it's not strange by having this sort of freedom, you know, we've done quite a bit, even though she's only like nine years, she's nine years old now. I was going to ask how old Amaretta yeah, she, is. Yeah, Amaretta's nine years old and she's already like, you know, we've, because uh, my daughter loved primes and, you know, my daughter and her, because I went to New York and she met my daughter and she loves Rhea, like she, Rhea, you know, learned her primes up to 223, so she keeps asking about that. So, she, so Amorette, you know, now knows her primes like, you know, pretty like off the, like up to 47, which is huge. Like, uh, you know, every other day, sometimes like we'll start back up in January because she's in holidays now, but you know, it's like an exercise. Okay, Amorette, um, let's, let's, let's see our primes. I'll, I'll say two, she'll say three, five, we'll bounce back and forth. And, you know, by, by her talking about the primes, the numbers that she's not talking about, I know it sounds weird, but those are not primes. But she she also then knows like a number like, you know, uh, uh, 45, which is in prime, that there are two, at least two prime numbers uh, that multiply to 45. Of course, you can break it down, prime factorization. But that's why primes are important. And so she'll, mm -hmm. she'll have that develop, but that's also will bring in uh, having a foundation of prime numbers and prime factorization early on builds fluency in other areas and, 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 and interest too. Like, you know, like uh, when 31 uh, was a prime, I said, well, I, and she wrote this down. I go, this is a Mersenne prime, Amorette. And she wrote down, can you spell a Mersenne? And she, I spelled it. And I explained why it's called a Mersenne prime. Um, because, you know, because uh, we had done, we had done exponents and we'd, We'd done our doubling numbers, you know, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32. And because we've done 32, um, and it's a doubling number, and we double two five times, I also introduced her to exponents. Like, if she's doubling five times, I go, and kids learn to learn, learn to learn, they love to learn something really cool. Like, I wrote yeah. a two mm -hmm. and a small five, and I go, and I, she goes, that 25? I go, nope, that's not 25. I go, uh, what number were we doubling? She goes, two, and how many times do we say two, start from the beginning, five. So this is another way to say two times two times two. And we start, we start practicing writing exponents. And because she had come across 32 mm -hmm. as two to the exponent of five, or well, 31 is a Mersenne prime because it's a doubling number less one. So it's two to the exponent of five less one. So there are other, there's only 51 Mersenne primes known. And there's a couple which occur early on, like, uh, seven is the Mersenne prime, two to the exponent three is back one, double numbers less one. Um, and there's, of course, there's others, but there's only 51 known so far. So it's, it's, it's just, we fill in the colors as we go. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, the, that's the, that's how the book is going to, that's how the book is going to be also reflected upon. Like, it won't be like, okay, day one, day two, like we right. might skip a certain, a certain day will have a significance as to, what we discussed or what we learned, 
but again, through a lens of a, of a child. And how mm. long are you going to keep this that's until a, that's, that's a really good question. And I think, publish. I, I think meeting for the next year is, is going to have ample, like, I mean, it's not like, uh, I'm not doing this as a, okay, uh, Amherst journey all the way to like end of high school math. That's going to take, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that'd be massive and I just wouldn't have the time. I think what's missing is like, well, it's the elementary part. What mm -hmm. what are what are children capable of doing or learning mm -hmm. when given mm -hmm. like this freedom? I think that is the, the the sort of time period I'm looking at. So, I think even just a year of meeting with her this year um, is going to have so much. There's, we've already met 32, 32, 33 times, and that's there's so much there already. So, at least a first book. I'm not sure if I'll write a second one, middle school, but at least a a year and a half's worth of material. So I think 24, it'll be out by 2026. I, I kind of have a feeling maybe like three books will come out of this. I don't know. That's just, <laughs> well, I, I, that's I, just I, my I, feeling. Well, you know what? There's, there's, I, okay, I can't say no. I definitely can't say no to anything now because of all the things. Um, yes. Um, and I love writing. I never have writer's block. I, I have the exact opposite. I, I have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning scribble stuff down uh, in the grocery store and I've got a little I'm always writing like it's always and I only need to write one or two words because those one or two words are triggers what I want to write so it's not writer's block that's not the issue um, but writing writing does take time it, like, it takes mm. time it doesn't matter how creative and fast you can write um, I mean I can write blogs within 20 minutes now but uh, we'll see where this first book goes, and also what's important to know about this book um, is that uh, uh, we're going to donate, uh, we're going to set up charities, uh, at least one in India, um, maybe one in Italy, because that's where um, Emirates' uh, mom is from, And uh, but we want to set up charities to uh, help underprivileged girls um, learn mathematics, uh, so um, that's that's there's we the book is yeah i mean it, it it's uh, you know i hope it does well whatever that means but um a good portion of the proceeds of the book and when i talked to amaret um this is important too to to get to know a little bit about the person i'm dealing uh, working with um I, that we made a poster of the book uh to share with her in new york um, and there's a there's a party not not related, but her dad said you're gonna have to talk to her uh, if you want that poster to go up, because she won't let you put it up. And she'll know, uh, like like what do you mean? I go, you have to tell her that you know you, we've decided to get, have charity set up. So when I talked to her, I said, Amber, can I talk to you for a second? Just her and I in the apartment, and she goes sure. And I go, um, so uh, I would like to, I think it'd be a great idea if we set up charities to help young girls um, you know who may not have as uh, much resources and stuff and I said I use kid-friendly words uh, I would like to donate money and she goes yeah and the first thing she says I like to give my money to the poor and even after that conversation I go oh you know what I think this is going to be a great journey um, I go where would you like to put the poster up she goes I don't want to, I don't want you to put it up like this is a kid who fences as a great fencer, as soon as she wins a medal, she takes it off. So, um, 
dealing with a very exceptional child in terms of emotional understanding and awareness of the world in terms of where she is. And yeah, I, it's going to be very, she's going to be, it's, it's going to, it's an amazing journey. I mean, I've learned so much as a person and educator, just getting to have almost daily conversations uh, with a young student. So it's, it's amazing. Wow. I'm so excited to read that. It just sounds so different from everything else that's out there. And and that's one reason why I it, it somehow my brain got triggered to go write this book. Like if it was like a write this book in terms of like a focusing element elementary mathematics, I don't think I'm doing that. And I I it was the co-authoring part that was the that's the that's the important part. It's the co-authoring that. Uh, you know, I mean, I already get to hear Amaret's thoughts and then, you know, we're going to share a Google document and she'll write stuff, I'll write stuff. And, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a very democratic process because um, I'll have my own reflections. She'll have hers. I don't even know how the book will the actual form it will take and where it's still going to go. I mean, I, this the subtitle is, you know, um, a child's imaginative journey towards the land of algebra. I mean, that's really a kind of where I really want to get to. Um, and not the algebra that we kind of think of, you know, like, you know, I know in, in the U.S. there's courses called Algebra 1, Algebra 2. Algebra is not an appendage. It's a circulatory system of mathematics. It can be put in as early as fifth grade, you know, in terms of algebraic thinking. Um, in fact, you know, just even I'm going off tangent here, but... Um, you know, people think of algebra with the symbols. Well, Descartes symbolized mathematics with those letters, but algebra, uh, but, uh, you know, was developed prior to the symbolization of it. You know, with uh, Al Khwarizmi, and you know, uh, it was it was the thinking. You know, where does and even the word um, uh, algebra, um, algebra, which literal translation uh, means. Uh, uh, reconstruction of broken parts. Uh, that's mm. what it means. Uh, and so the whole, your intentions of doing something to one side of reasoning is the algebra, algebraic thinking part. And it's, 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 it's very complex, but it's also very simple in terms of, you know, what uh, I hope to eventually do with Amaret. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited because there's so many unique different layers to this um and also where uh, we want uh, the book to go in terms of you know uh uh the proceeds and the the which is made from it uh, that that's also super important to uh me amaret amaret's family um, we've all decided that prior to even writing one word so that there's yeah that in that way there's I'm excited by a lot of it and uh, mm -hmm. not going to rush the process. I'll know when, yeah, you know what? We have enough material here. Um, we've met enough times. Let's start uh, putting it together and writing. But I think optimistically, 2026, uh, definitely the book will be it. That's awesome. And wow. just to let you know, you have two reviewers right here ready yes. for you. <laughs> well, hey, uh, well I, I mean, I... I think both of you probably know the most right now about the book right now because I wow I mean I you know if you go back to the beginning I told you I didn't know what we we're gonna talk about right <laughs> I I I mean I 
Would I have loved to talk about to mention my mentor, Peter Harrison? Absolutely. I mean, it just sort of came out, uh, you know, organically. But uh, yes, so. yes, of course. Well, I mean, we live in the elementary world, so this is something you that's have to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you have to. really Look, important I mean, to us. I, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it's a very, you know, who said it? Uh, I don't know who said it, but it's it might have been Joe Bowler. Um, you know, the what what deteriorates over time and this is not just a math it's every subject is questioning like mm -hmm. kids just in general start to question less as they go through high school um mm -hmm. they, it becomes more uh transactional and compliant yeah, mm -hmm. learning um and kids early on i mean i i went when i went into my daughter's first grade class and uh i i think that story is, is in i don't know do you know that story? That story of me going to my daughter's first grade class because no. she invited me and I didn't know what I was going to do? Yes, but you have to keep talking yeah. and it'll come back okay. to me. So my daughter, you know, uh, when uh, this is right at, almost after the right angle burned down, you know, she said, would you like to come into my class? You know, quite innocently. I said, sure, I'll come in. And then the night before, I'm going, what am I going to talk about to first graders about? I'm a high school teacher. You know, like, I mean, what can they, they can count, they can maybe do some single digit addition. I have no idea what they can do. And like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? And I didn't beta test this. And so, you know, I, I came with a whole bunch of Unifix cubes. And um, so I, I, and kids, they love, they love guest speakers. They, they you could be talking about, uh, a blade of grass and they'll find it interesting, right? right? <laughs> they just, cause you're this adult who's come in. So, you know, everyone's gathered around. And uh, so I pulled up a tower of Unifix cubes, six. And so, you know, I, I go, can someone count how many cubes I have in this tower? Of course, all the hands go up. And so everyone says six. I go, can I tell you a secret? And I look around, I play this really well. Cause I worked, I did, I, I worked in summer camps. So I, I know the sensibilities of these kids. I go, can you keep a secret? I go, yeah, 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 yeah. I go, six is a perfect number. And, and they they go, oh. and they have no idea what that means. They go, let me show you. So I, you know, this is first grade. I'm not going to use words like factors or divisors. And I had my testers beside me. So I had, I held up the one and I, I ran up the, uh, the, side, the side of the six and I counted you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, and and I go, does one go into six? And they just knew in two that, that makes sense. Yes, one goes into six. I put it in my good pile. I had a tower of two. One, two, three. Yeah, that fits, goes in three. One, two, that goes in four. No, it doesn't seem like four goes into. And again, for this definition, we don't include the actual number six here. So the good pile was one, two, three. And then because they're unifix cubes, I added them one plus two plus three, and it was the same height as six. And the kids were like completely astonished by that, <laughs> right? Like thinking like, oh, wow, like that's the same height. It becomes like the story of the three bears. Then we did other numbers to see if they were the same height. Well, I didn't talk about seven being prime, but seven was stubborn. Nothing went into seven, right? So uh, no, it was too short. The only number which went into the seven is one. Again, we didn't talk about seven as a in terms of def definition so uh, an eight eight felt short too because one two and four go into it but one plus two plus four is seven and it was just a wee 
short of eight. Um, and then uh, we got to 12, and 12 was abundant, right? We talked about this earlier, one, two, three, four, six, and it was higher than 12. And I go, well, it's, it's bigger. And I call, and I use exact language, so that's an abundant number. And I talk about deficient. I wrote these words because kids le love learning new words. Mm -hmm. So kids were, kids were thinking there's no more perfect numbers. I go, I want you, and I had a bag of 50 cubes already pre-packed, around five bags, six bags of them, because I knew it was going to do this activity. I didn't know how good it was going to go. It turned out to be so amazing. It ended my book. Um, <laughs> so I, I gave these uh, bags of cubes, and I said, find the next perfect number under 30. Because I knew the perfect number was six. They knew the other numbers which weren't perfect, because what goes into the goes into's. And as some kids thought, like, you know, 20 was perfect. And of course, there was a miscalculation of uh, either a number went into it or didn't. But they visually quickly saw it. And this is first grade. About 25 wow. minutes, 25 minutes, there's a group of five girls jumping up and down the backs, screaming as though they're at a trampoline park. <laughs> and I knew right away they got it. I could tell because they had a tower and the tower was 28. And they built a tower of 28, and they had their testers, 1, 2, 4, 7, 14, right beside them. First grade. And, and that's just, oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And it took time. But it's, again, kids were getting like, okay, it's 24. No, it's not. They could see right away. Like, they could see by the height. And, you know, I told them there was one more. And, of course, they're, they're trying each of these uh they weren't trying the odd ones. They were only trying even ones. Mm. They must have an intuitive sense that there are no uh, odd perfect numbers. So they just were trying 18, 20, and finally got 28. Um, I said, okay, who wants to find the next perfect number? Of course, everyone's hands go up. Okay, we need yeah. more, we need, we need more uh, Unifix cubes. And I uh, go, because the next perfect number uh, is 496. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, and even though they they were in disbelief they understood that whatever numbers going to 496 which are 1 2 4 8 16 31 62 124 248 yes i've memorized it because good stories you, you have know all the details will add to 496 <laughs> and then i said well and we can't even find it and then the next one after that is 8128 and the next one after that is 33 million five hundred fifty thousand and thirty six and I remember like the kids looking at me with their eyes and I knew right there, I can stop the lesson. Like that's mm -hmm. the curiosity machine has gone into overdrive. And, mm -hmm. but the mathematics that they went through without talking about uh, divisors or factors, all that was massive. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They had no idea what, how much mathematics they absorbed through yeah. by this narrative and wacky storytelling and you know these big numbers like do they know all the uh, divisors of 8128 no but they know whatever they are they add up to 8128 yeah right oh, wow yeah okay i'm looking at the time and yes. um listen we can talk uh with you for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, and I, we could. <laughs> I would absolutely love to have you back because sure. I want to talk about your own children and their journey of math. Oh. Because I, I follow you on Twitter yeah, and social media. Yeah. And so I, I know 
about where they're at. And yes, I, yes, I would love absolutely. to have another discussion yeah. with oh, you about that, that. That is a separate discussion because they were on a journey that, you know, was quite magical. And, you know, my son has made some vid videos on YouTube early on. He was going to start a math channel. But I knew this was going to run out because they're going to get they're going to run into high school. I knew so, I knew how this I knew that story was going to end, and and I'm not. But now they've kind of come around. They kind of understand things. But yeah, that's that's a that's a very interesting story um, in itself because of what I knew was going to happen, and then just the totality and where everything is right right today as they're both in high school. Yep. Oh my gosh. So I. I I put on here on my notes, I put beauty of math. And I just feel like today's episode, we talked all about the beauty of math. Thank you yeah. so oh. much for, for your time. Oh, this was I love this. This was great. Amazing. This, this was great. This was so good. Thank you, Sunil. Thank you, Karina. Thank you, Laura. This was wonderful. Yes. And I will definitely come back on and have more stories to tell. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to talk, I, I like I like the fact you call the beauty of math because, you know, I think also while we're discussing, uh, you know, we're smiling and laughing, and some of the mathematics that we're talking about isn't easy, and you know, like you know, but you know, kids don't hate math because it's hard; they hate math because it's boring. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, mm. um, yeah, uh, I absolutely love this, and uh, yeah, definitely do it again. <laughs> Thank you. Karina, uh, another wow episode. Yeah, that was so, so, so good. I, I The thing that struck me the most, I think, about what Sunil was saying is that, I mean, he's just so right that this period of, of elementary is supposed to be one of wonder and curiosity and excitement about all the subjects, not just mathematics. Mm -hmm. And we ruin it. We we demolish that. We just set it up so that it's not that at all. And why Ugh. is that? It's our standards and our standardized tests. Yeah. Because if we had the freedom to do things like this, okay, that's why I seriously need to win the billion dollar lottery and build my own school and make it yeah. private. And that way, uh, I didn't even ask Sunil, but maybe he could come and be a, a guest, you know, <laughs> a guest uh, teacher at my new school. Yeah. It's so uh, true. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. We squander all of that. And I, I, that makes me so mad. Like how dare we do that? Right. And I've been doing it for 32 years, you know? Well, I listen, you, I, I still think that there is magic in your classroom and there is still all of those things. Thank you. And you, there's magic in yours too. Thank you. Thank you. But <laughs> But I mean, it's it's true that as a society, that's what we've done. We've just, oh, it's so frustrating. It's like anyway. we've beaten the love of Completely. anything. You know, Completely. when when he talked mm -hmm. about the romance phase, you know, mm -hmm. when we talk about we have a passion for learning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God we're still in the romance phase. Yes. Otherwise, this podcast wouldn't even exist. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, listeners, here's your challenge for you this week. We want you to think about the beauty of math in your own life, whether that's your personal life, your classroom, any anywhere. 
share with us what the beauty of math looks like to you. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too. Thank you.